Welcome to the Oasis Network Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and we are so glad today that you are joining us for today's Roadshow. I have in the studio with me today a special guest, a guy from Tulsa, Oklahoma. His name is Luke Lober. Luke, welcome to today's Roadshow. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here, and I'm really looking forward to being able to share and uh, be able to encourage people what I feel like the Lord is really doing in the nations of the world. So thank you for, for allowing me to be on here with you. Yeah, so Luke lives in France. Does that kind of odd to say that or <laughs> maybe a little bit, yeah, but what, it's home now, you know, so it it doesn't feel odd anymore. <laughs> so when people say to you, "Where do you live?" they're used to saying Broken Arrow, <laughs> Tulsa, I'm living down in Bixby. Yeah. Yeah, that's a something when we come back and visit, you know, once here in the states and I'm getting my hair done, they say, "You know, so where are you living?" And went, well, living in France, yeah, it definitely yeah. Uh, throws them to a loop for sure. <laughs> yeah. So Luke was raised Tulsa, wonderful Christian family, and then uh, played a little football down there at Victory Christian School. Yep, back in the day. Back in the day, that was the first time I ever heard the name Luke Lober. It was this guy <laughs> in the press box calling your name out quite a bit. Oh gosh, <laughs> I'd go down and watch the football games. I think we went to an eighth grade game somewhere, and wow, that was back in the day. Yeah, that's a couple of years ago. Yeah, and you were a football player. Then I went and saw you your senior year. Of course, my nephew was playing, so yep. it was more watching him. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so you graduated class of 2010 yep. from Victory Christian School. Yeah. So yep. played a little football. Yes. Did you play any other sports? Basketball. Did you? Yeah, since third grade. So basketball and football, that was, that was everything growing mm-hmm. up. That was the direction. That was... Uh, what I was thinking that I was going to be doing when I go to to university, but uh, the Lord interjected and had totally different plans for for my life. Thank God. So, so Luke has a very unique ministry. God has opened up doors for him to minister in France, particularly with charismatic Catholic believers yeah. in that country. Yeah, very unique in a secular country. Yeah, yeah. That's it's been a whole journey. You know, when we moved there. Uh, just a few years ago, uh, well, several years ago now, we did not expect that kind of door to open up to us. Um, but it was really as we began to pray and the Holy Spirit began to reveal to us and show us of basically what could happen whenever we allow the Lord to, and we, when we invite the Lord into our plans, basically He'll take that and multiply it and go into directions we never even thought that He would. I mean, it was it's a pretty funny story. Whenever we first moved there, I was walking and I was going to a cafe because I wanted to, I needed to send some emails and about some upcoming meetings. And so as we were going there, there's, of course, everybody knows Notre Dame in Paris. And as I was uh, walking to a cafe not too far from there to do some work, I heard the bells ringing because it was time for, you know, the hour of prayer, time for prayer in the Catholic churches. And I just felt this, you know, this little kind of, tug on the inside. I just felt like the Lord was just, you know, leading me to go to this specific Catholic church not too far from Notre Dame. And it's called Église Saint-Gervais. So it's in Paris. It's a beautiful, a beautiful Catholic church. I really did not want to go. I didn't want to, you know, just like sit in the back and not understand because at that time I didn't, you know, speak French at that time. I didn't want to go, but I just felt that slight, you know, just tug on the inside of my, of my heart. And so I ended up going and just sitting in the back and just, you know, watching, you know, the mass and just praying, you know, underneath my breath. Well, long story short, at the end of the at the end of the service, the main brother of this Catholic community ended up coming up to me and, you know, all the way in the back of this I mean it's a massive church. And he approached me and said, you know, obviously in French, you know, who are you? And he introduced himself and well, I just said, you know, my name is Luke. Uh, I moved here with my wife and our children, and we're missionaries here in France. And, you know, we, we're, we're here praying, believing for a move of God and for just praying for the harvest and, you know, in France. And, you know, he was, you know, I don't think he expected that answer at all. <laughs> and so he was like, oh, you need to come and eat with us at our convent, not too, you know, far from here. I'm like, oh, like, you know, right now? And he was like, yeah, of course. So, you know, they're in their beautiful garments and I'm in Nike shoes and jeans and, and everything like that. Uh, I went and, you know, sat down and ate with them and it was through a silent lunch. And then, you know, afterwards, you know, we all had coffee together and there was about nine or 10, you know, brothers, a part of this fraternity. And they all, you know, began to look at me and like, why is this kid here? You know, what is he doing? And just began to 
just share our hearts about what we believe God is wanting to do in France and in Paris and just what we believe in the power of prayer and the power of of worship. And they were all just so hungry and so open. And they and I mean, long story short, we ended up developing a really good relationship with them. My wife and I would go and eat with all of them and pray with them. And we got a couple of them filled with the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. And oh, I mean, it's just incredible. And so one of them, uh, at the end of this lunch, you know, I, I shared, you know, we also do events where we pray for the sick and we preach the gospel and, you know, we see people get healed. So one of the priests, he said, oh, you must do that prayer thing. And I'm like, that prayer thing, what exactly do you mean? Well, he's like, well, you know, where you, you know, I think it's with tongues, I think is that. And I'm like, oh yeah, yes. <laughs> and that's either make it or break it, you know, sometimes in a relationship. And he was like, yeah, you know, we believe in the power of praying in tongues and praying in the spirit. He was like, oh, well, when I'm in my room, I'll grab my clarinet and I'll begin to sing in the spirit and I'll play with my clarinet at the same time. Wow. And his just from that, just our openness and really, I believe, just simplicity, vision, it, it just built such a strong connection with him. We said, oh, okay, God is doing something in the Catholic world in France. And it's it's been quite a journey. This is like something out of the book of Acts here. Yeah. You go to the cafe to send some yeah. emails, and yeah. next thing you know, you're invited to yeah. be with these devout Catholic people yeah. that yeah. we call them cradle Catholics, meaning their whole yeah. life, that's all they know. But yeah. yet, Brother Hagen shared a vision God gave him years ago and said there's a deposit of truth in these churches, and he'll work mm. on that deposit. And certainly we know they believe in the virgin birth and the resurrection and yeah. the crucifixion and Certainly believe in confession of sins. We Absolutely. believe that. And so there's miracles. This, yeah, yeah, the miraculous. So Luke Lober is our special guest today. And this is kind of like a roadshow like no other in the sense that we have been praying for God to move in a very dramatic way in nations of the earth. And then all of a sudden we have a roadshow where we're going to tell you what God is doing. And we're not talking about 1960 or 1970 or 1980, but we're talking in the very present now what God is doing. Mm -hmm. And Luke Lober and his wife, Megan, and their two daughters live there. And this yeah. is really all kind of the culmination of a dream that the Lord gave Pastor Mark Brzee, yeah. World Outreach Center, yeah. yeah, World Outreach Church, I should say. Yeah. And um, 1981, he's in the Philippines. God shows him a picture of a map of Europe with bonfires. Mm. Isn't that something? Yeah. Why don't you just pick up there and tell me what you know about that vision? And yeah, what... yeah. Well, you know, like you said, the he had this vision, and there's you know this map, and there's little fires, you know, all over the continent of Europe, and. Little did they know that, you know, the the fullness of this vision would, you know, just come to play, you know, many years after they get this vision. But they just stayed faithful. They did, you know, what they knew to do and what the Lord, you know, told them to do. As time progressed, the Lord gave them the name of what they knew these fires would be called all along in this map all over Europe. And they were going to be called fire bases. And they knew that these fire bases were going to be strategic places where people could come to basically gather together to pray and worship the Lord for a harvest and for a move of God, a spiritual move of God in their nation, in their region, in their city. And so to really train people how to pray fervently and effectively in the Spirit. So we knew that, that that's the foundation, that's the vision. Um, after, you know, they received more clarity in regards to the name, you know, my wife and I, whenever we got married— you know, we've kind of done things all over the world. We lived in Brazil for a couple of years. We would take teams, go to Africa and Central America. But we always had Europe burning in our hearts. Mm -hmm. Always had Europe. So we uh, had just taken a trip to Norway where the Lord actually, just on a prayer walk, basically downloaded this whole entire, you know, vision of starting prayer bases and um, praying in for a move of God and in this, you know, in specific nations in Europe. And so just a couple months after this time that we were in Norway, well, it was whenever Pastor Mark reached out to me and said, hey, Luke, how would you feel about moving over to, to France and, you know, pioneering this, um, this ministry for Firebase? And it was an easy yes, because I'd seen it. I already knew that we were supposed to be doing that. And so it was just an extreme, you know, just a perfect confirmation. So, you know, not too long we moved. Um, we took a trip with Pastors Mark and Janet over to Europe because they've been going into Europe for years. So, you know, they've developed different connections and relationships. And so we took a trip with them and we just prayed. 
and just to pray the the plan of God and get just ask the Lord what the next steps you know would be in leaving you know the states and going back you know going overseas and you know moving to France and pioneering a work that was you know not there at all and you know not knowing a single person in a pretty big city in in, in Europe not knowing a single person really in in the nation but being convinced of the plan of God which I think is that's what it really all comes down to is just knowing that you know that God's sending you to a place and knowing the one who's sending you as well. So, you know, I spoke with Pastor Mark about you, talking about Pastor Mark Brzee and his <laughs> wife Janet that have World Outreach Church there in Tulsa. He is so thankful. I, I probably oh, shouldn't gosh. use the word proud. You know, yeah. how about the word pleased? He's just so pleased how yeah. the Lord is using. It's like the Lord dropped this in his heart many years ago, mm. and the, he's seeing the fruition of it. And, and we're just very grateful for what the Lord is doing. This is The Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and our special guest today in the studio with me is a gentleman by the name of Luke Lober. He and his wife, Megan, live in northern France at this moment, at the time of this roadshow. Yeah. And they're establishing fire bases, places where they gather together with people to worship the Lord, to minister to Him, and then just to teach and edify, and then minister in the gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. And so Luke is uh, going to be our guest. I think this is a road show you're going to remember for quite some time. So we're going to take a break. And on the other side of the break, we're going to continue our road show with Luke Lober. I'm David Warren here with some exciting news for Oasis listeners. We have a new mobile device app. It's free, easy to download, and lets you enjoy our refreshing music and talk everywhere you go. If you have an Android cell phone, go to the Google Play Store. And if you have an iPhone or iPad, visit the Apple Store and search for Oasis Radio Network. Be an Oasis ambassador and share this news with family and friends around the world. Welcome back to The Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and our special guest today is a young man by the name of Luke Lober. Luke Lober lives in France, and he is a missionary representing the kingdom of God in the country of France, who most of us, when we think of France, we think of baguettes, and we think of <laughs> cheese, <laughs> cheese, and we think of, unfortunately, secular humanism. Yeah. But you're finding there's a remnant there. Is that right? Absolutely. There's a very strong remnant of people in France who are very hungry. And what I believe is that we're in France right on the beginning of a major move of God in France. What the Lord is, I believe, pouring out right now amongst evangelicals, Protestants, but I would say mainly in the Catholic and charismatic Catholic world in France is very unique. It's an honor to be able to be there, but also be right in the middle of it. Like For example, just a few weeks ago, we were speaking at an event. There was about almost 1,500, in between 1,500 to 2,000 charismatic Catholics at this outdoor festival. So, people have tents outdoors and, you know, people are, we're all eating there and, you know, sleeping there for two, three days. And from morning to late evening, it's just the presence of God, and people are just so, so hungry and thirsty for just encountering the presence of God, and, you know, Jesus is being glorified, and it's just something so unique to see this movement of evangelicals and, where you say, Protestants and charismatic Catholics coming together, not, you know, to, you know, talk about our differences, but simply to gather on the presence of God in Jesus. I think it's really unprecedented right now what's happening in France, and it's it's exciting to be able to see what's going to be unfolding in the future. So so if you're driving, maybe you're listening to today's roadshow and you're driving down the road while you're listening to this. And so I'm going to ask you to please make sure you have your safety belt on because this story you're about to hear right now is going to be one that uh, if, you're not, or if you aren't buckled in, you might not be able to handle it. So you got an invitation to go to Rome, Italy. Yes. Will you tell me about that? story, please. Yes. Obviously, um, just kind of like I shared, there's been a wonderful move between this wonderful movement in France between, in unity is kind of how we say, dans l'unité in French, between, you know, Protestants, charismatic Catholics. And so, we know some people who are on the board of Caris France, which is the kind of established name for the charismatic Catholic renewal worldwide. And the president, global president for this movement, Caris, her name is Julia, and she grew up in Argentina with the Pope. 
and has known him, I mean, since they were children. And so we were invited to go and meet with her. My, me and my wife and one of the leaders of our other ministry in Firebase in Normandy and another one of our friends, her name is Julie, and she's a young lady who's the leader of a charismatic Catholic uh, community in France, um, very powerful ministry. And so all four of us went up together and we were able to spend some time with this wonderful woman of God named Julia. In a prestigious meeting like that, sometimes you don't know what to expect. And so, you know, we're walking in, you know, and her office building is not too far from the Vatican. And so, you know, we're walking through the the hallway and there's this massive picture. And on this massive picture, you see almost a, a sea of heads of people. And on top of all of their heads are these flames. I don't know if it was written in Latin or, or in Italian, exactly what it was, but the translation was Holy Spirit Fire. We just knew, okay, we're in a good place. <laughs> we, you know, She invites us into her office, we all sit down. And as we all sit down, she looks at every single one of us individually and asks, are you filled with the Holy Spirit and do you speak in tongues? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit and do you speak in tongues? And she asked us all of that because for her, it was no question, like, this is what God is desiring for every single one of His children today. So, for her, it was it was the utmost importance that you're filled with the Holy Spirit and that you speak that heavenly language. And so, we had a wonderful meeting with her and she just began to encourage us to really run with this vision of what God is doing in France and to not, you know, allow any... Um, criticisms or attacks to 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 hold you back to to run with, you know what God is pouring out right now, you know in your nation. So she was really encouraging, and she said something that was really uh, challenging. I think it might be challenging for many people. She was talking about you know all over the world, there's people who are being martyred, who are being persecuted because of their faith. If somebody comes up to them before they kill them. They don't ask them if they're a Protestant, an evangelical, or whatever denomination you might be, or a Catholic. They ask them, are you a Christian? And then, you know, they might proceed to to kill them or, you know, whatever. And she says, you know, if our brothers and sisters all over the world are dying together, how much more should we learn how to live together? That's such a profound statement right there. Yeah. And that is something that can, that'll burn in your heart, you know? And it's beyond just the superficial things that we might do together to be pretty, but it's the prayer of Jesus of saying that we might be one as the Father and me are one. And then Jesus says that the world might know that I am God, that, that God sent me. So it really puts a heavy responsibility on us, not just to do things together because it's a pretty or it's a nice thing, but that Jesus, he's coming back for one bride. He's not coming back for two brides. Right. He's coming back for one pure bride. And if we can gather around Jesus and the presence of Jesus, if we can breathe Christ and live Christ and think Christ and and sleep Christ and eat Christ and just meditate on Christ, if we can gather and meditate and be stuck together on that as one body, then I believe that we can have another incredible visitation from the Holy Spirit, not just in France, but in the nations of the world. I'm totally convinced of it. What God is doing in France, I know that He's done that in the United States, you know, during the charismatic Catholic renewal here in the States. But there's a new thing, there's a fresh thing that God's wanting to do in the nations of the world. It's not just for the future, it's for now. Our God is a God of now. Yeah. And He has something living and breathing for every single one of us if we're just totally open to it, you know? Yeah. To our audience, I'll say this one thing that Luke did. He sent me some pictures of some of his ministry time there. And to see these beautiful buildings that, you know, are just magnificent yeah. in terms of the structure. And here you have them. You don't see a lot of Catholic churches in Europe with people in them, unless it's a concert, like yeah. it's Mozart concert or yeah. something, you'll see people. But in terms of seeing people with their hands lifted up, worshiping the Lord full yeah. out. Yeah. And you were sharing with me that some of these meetings, it's not like an hour and a half meeting. Everybody's not looking at the clock. How, how can we get out of here? Mm. Kind of give us a feel for what how long some of these meetings go. Oh, I mean, if there are conferences, it's for three days from eight in the morning till, you know, we'll break for, you know, we'll have a little pause and then we'll have, you know, lunch and then we'll have dinner. But I mean, from eight till 1130 in the evening, it's nonstop. It's it's constant, just 
coming together. I mean, people are just so hungry and thirsty. Yeah. And then, you know, for our Firebase meeting specifically, they're about four hours long. It's rare that we would ever do, you know, cut it before that. Like we just had a our last Firebase meeting before we came back uh, for summertime. You know, we were thinking, we, were, we called it a... Prière et pizza, so prayer and pizza, just to kind yeah. of have a celebration yeah, yeah, before yeah. summer break. And so I was thinking, okay, well, you know, it might be good to have an hour, hour and a half, and then the rest of the time we'll fellowship and eat pizza and encourage each other. Well, three hours later <laughs> into prayer and worship, I was like, oh, wow, like, I don't think we're going to get to the pizza. Wow. And I mean, even an hour and a half in, the pizza came in, it was sitting there. So the room smelled like pizza, but not a single person cared. Nobody wanted that. They just wanted the presence wow. of God. I think it's such a, a wonderful thing. It's that, you know, a lot of people, they get so distracted. And I think it's beautiful to be with Jesus more than what is necessary. Yeah. Just giving Jesus the time that he truly deserves. And if we're just willing to spend a little bit more extra time with him and giving more time to him than what we think is necessary. Mm-hmm. I think that's a beautiful thing. And these are full out Pentecost services, meaning, you know, gifts of the spirit, tongues, interpretation, laying hands on people. Oh yeah. These yeah. We are, don't hold back. Yeah, yeah. These are full out. Yeah. It was just a few months ago. We were having one of our Firebase events in Paris and the location where we have it in Paris is really cool. It's off of a main boulevard and in old Paris, there were these old gates. So, you know, Paris used to have gates around it, you know, several hundred years ago. And the the gate is called the L'Arc de Saint-Martin. So it's a 500-year-old gate. It's beautiful. And and so the place where we meet, it has windows where you can, anybody in that boulevard or walking around could look in and see us having our meeting. Oh. Yeah, it, it's wonderful. I love it. We don't hide, you know, anything at all. So we we're having one of our, our Firebase meetings and maybe three hours into it, you know, our hands are lifted up, you know, people are being prayed for, you know, people are speaking in tongues, you know, and... And the thing is, is that tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Yes. So little did we know, I was looking off to my side and there was a man who I'd never seen before. And he was just weeping in the corner, just weeping. And I'd never seen him before. You know, I kind of hand off the service to somebody else so I can go over and minister to him. He says, you know, I was outside and my friend said, look at that party on the inside that they're having in there. And he said, that's not a party. It's not a party. I don't know what it is, but it's not a party. And he says, I had my cigarette and I had my beer, but he said, I don't know what it was, but whenever I saw you guys, I felt so scared. So I hid my cigarette and my beer behind the trash can and I ran up in the meeting and then all of a sudden I saw all of you praying, you know, to God. And he said, I don't know what this is, but I just want this. Wow. And so we prayed for him right there. He had um, cocaine and his some drugs and stuff in his uh, jacket. He threw it all down and he gave his life to Jesus uh, that day. And that was just from a, a full-on, not holding anything back, but from just a prayer meeting. And I believe that prayer is what creates the dwelling place for the presence of God. And there was something that was so tangible in that room that it permeated to the outside in the street, that it convicted somebody of their sin and ran in to run That's in to get amazing. saved. Praise God. <laughs> to our Oasis Network listeners, we're not talking about something that Happened in 1940 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80 or 90. We're talking about something that's modern day outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Well, that's the voice of Luke Lober. Luke is a missionary. He is serving now in the nation of France with his wife, Megan, and their two daughters live there. My name is Tom Arnold, and we're just honored with all of our hearts, honored that you're joining us for today's roadshow. I think you're going to continue to enjoy the second half of this roadshow. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back after the break. I'm Karen Jensen Salisbury, one of the hosts you hear on the Oasis Network Roadshow. For 35 years, this one hour of the day has inspired and motivated you, our listeners, with thousands of stories of people whose lives demonstrate the truth that with God, all things are possible. It's an hour that you should make a part of your day, Monday through Friday, starting at 1 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Central. The Roadshow, an Oasis Network presentation. In case you're just joining us for today's Roadshow, my name is Tom Arnold, and I have the honor today of being your host here on today's Roadshow. We have in the studio with us a young man named Luke Lober. Luke and his wife, Megan, serve in France. And they serve as missionaries, and God has teamed them up with Catholic, charismatic Catholic people, as well as evangelical, Protestant, whatever term. But unique thing is the number of doors that have opened up for Luke to minister 
into the Catholic community, and he's finding these hungry hearts of people that have been baptized in the Spirit, people that have been praying. And Luke, you know, one of the things I heard you say was you've gone in settings where people are actually saying, we were praying for you. Can you remember that story you shared? Yeah, tell that. Yeah, so we did an event. It's called the Contenta Peninsula in Normandy, so it's all the way in the upper part. It was in an old abbey, so about a thousand-year-old abbey. And so an abbey would be what, like a convent for male exactly servants? Yeah, yeah Which it doesn't serve for male anymore. It's actually for for women, but it's kind of yeah. uh, there's still the the Catholic Church there. There's still the church, and so they meet there. And um, but it's also an event center, and so we used it for our event, our Firebase event, and we organized it with a couple other ministries in that area. It was actually the first time in about a thousand years that there was something together with Protestants and Charismatic Catholics ever, because it was a building that housed the Catholic Charismatic Catholics during you know Hundred Years' War, obviously during you know war. So to be able to bring kind of place a stake in the ground and say no, we're using this place now for the kingdom of God, it was a really incredible moment. There was a couple that came to that a meeting when they were children, they experienced kind of towards the end part of the Assemblies of God movement in in France, in Lavre, uh, France. So for more than 40, around 50 years, they've been praying and believing God that He would do it again in France, and that He would, you know, pour His Spirit out, that there would be a move of God in their region, in their country. You know, after this, you know, event that we had, the lady, her name is Geneviève, she came up to, to us, and her and her husband, they were crying, and said, you know, we, we've been praying almost our whole entire lives that God would do this again, you know, what we experienced when we were just little, little children. After seeing what God did here today, we know that He's doing it again. And she said that her prayer just a couple months before that was, Lord, I want to see the beginnings of it before I pass away. She was in that meeting. She said, I know it's happening again in France. And it was just actually about six or seven months after that that she passed away to be with the Lord. Wow. It's humbling to hear things like that. It's also a great responsibility because we know that there's something really large that, you know, we have to steward. And obviously not just us, but it's many people that God's using right now. And I really, really am convinced that this is something for the generations because it had it not been, I think, for those people who'd been praying and believing God in their area, in their family, you know, in their region, in their, you know, city, nation for 40, 50 years— then would we reap that fruit? Would we be able to to come in and start going away, going out in the fields to to go get that fruit? I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm convinced that it takes generations working together in order to see this move of God, to see this great harvest that we're all believing God for. I think of the words of Jesus when he told the disciples, I sent you to reap whereon you bestowed no labor. Mm. Other men have labored and you're just entering into those labors. Wow. And so, to me, that's in certainly your case, meaning there have been people praying for years, and they're remnant people. And it's not necessarily who you and I would think. Does no. that make sense? So, you know, we would come in and say, okay, we need to find people that are holding on to P.C. Nelson's 16 Fundamental Truths. And you know what I'm saying? We need people that are going to yeah. kind of look this way or that way. But yeah. then you realize, no, God feeds hungry people, mm. spiritually hungry yes. people. Yeah. They're the unknown people. People might never know yeah. a Pierre Geneviève in France, out in the little countryside in their home, yeah. praying for years. But in heaven, they're known. Yeah. And they're devout people. By yeah. that, I mean they're very conscientious observant. And, yeah. and you and I, we don't agree with all Catholic theology. And no. we know they don't agree with ours. Absolutely. Okay? Yeah. But we can have that unity Amen. without uniformity. We can have yes. that sense of respect. And there is a deposit of truth that we are grateful mm. for. And when you go into a country... Like France, tell me one more time. You told me once the percentage of born again people is yeah. it's what? less than one percent in France. Oh my lord! Yeah. So I mean, there could be you know the rapture could take place there, and the whole nation would not even know it. Wow, one percent less than one percent. Yeah. So we've got work to do in France, but wow. that's why I believe that God's breathing on what He's doing right now, so that. Because that's not acceptable, you know? And there's these pockets of people that have been stowed away that are just have been seeking the Lord in isolation, and yeah. God has poured His Spirit upon them. They've been baptized in the Spirit. It's just remarkable yeah. what the Lord is doing. Yeah. Now, I want to say this. I've been in ministry long enough to know you can't do what you're doing if you, unless you have a wife that's supportive of what you're doing. Amen. Amen so, and amen. <laughs> so is your wife 
Somebody said there's one thing to have a wife that'll tolerate it. It's another thing to have a wife that will celebrate it. Yeah. Yeah, no, we run in this thing together for sure. Yeah. I mean, just a wonderful mother to our two daughters. And we really we're convinced of, you know, ministry and doing this thing, really doing it together, which I think is a really beautiful picture because it's really rare. You don't see that in a lot of European nations, husband and wife, you know, kind of ministering together. I'm convinced that the Lord is really bringing the the family to the forefront again, where maybe family or children have kind of been pushed away in, in different areas, but God's really wanting to restore the family. And that's what the kingdom of God is, right? It's family. Before righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of God is is the foundation of a family. I am so thankful for my wife, Megan, and us, you know, growing up together and encountering God together at a young age and and went to high school together at Victory. And, you know, we went to meetings. You know, that's how we started dating was by going to Holy Spirit meetings. You know, my grandparents, they invited me to a Holy Spirit meeting and Megan kept going. We're like, hey, this could work out. And so, we got married at 19 years old and we haven't stopped running. Thank God for, you know, a wife who who prays and not only prays, I mean, we operate, you know, in the gifts of the Spirit together and we went to a lot of meetings with uh, people who were trained under the Goodwins, Mom and Papa Goodwin. And so, we saw a lot of tongues, interpretation of tongues, and that played such an important, impactful role on our life. We knew that this was something that we desired, and it's been such a, a marker and highlight in our ministry of operating in tongues and interpretation of tongues, which is also a sign to the unbeliever. And it's such a, a way to be able to bring encouragement and you know and prophecy to people. And for some reason, it's kind of been you don't see that as often in the body of Christ. And so, a lot of these things are kind of being restored again. And so, yeah, I'm very thankful for Megan. No, your father or mother yeah. are pleased. And you have a grandfather. Yes. Yeah. And he likes David Ingalls. I want yes. you to know that. Yes. yes. Yeah. They've been listening to the roadshow for a long time. I know that uh, my grandparents and I know that my wife's parents, I know that they listen to the roadshow. So, uh, yeah, thank you very much, David Ingalls, for pouring into this and, you know, if it weren't for my praying grandparents, I would not be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. You know, I talked to your grandfather, and he said this. Now, he wanted to know about David Ingalls. He's very interested to know about David. Like, like he knew him personally, yeah. you know, because he's enjoyed the music. Yeah. The story of you going there, it'd be one thing to say, okay, we have, uh, we're, you're going to move to Paris, France, and we have like eight different families you're going to connect with, and we have already reserved a building for you, and we already have a, a place for you to live. And and it was like, check, check, check. Only the check was like X's. And like, <laughs> all right, none of this, none of this, none of this. I, You know, that's a lot of faith. Just say, we're heading out. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it just comes down to just knowing the Father, been in places, you know, we'd moved overseas before. So we'd seen God move on our behalf for getting property in a home, in an apartment when it should have never worked out. You know, we've seen Him open up doors in other countries and nations and in prisons and places that we should not be going into, but He just opens up those doors. So if I know that He did it then, why would He change and why would He not do it now? Especially when we're so convinced that this was his plan. This is what he's calling us to do. I don't think there's any other way than just to run 110%, you know, in that direction. And something kind of we talked about earlier is that, you know, the the kingdom of God is not reserved for experts. It's reserved for children. If we can just remain childlike in our faith and saying, you know what, just like a child listens to his parents, I mean, sometimes there can be a, a little bit of a wrestle there, but there's the belief if my father says, or if, you know, my mother says something, there's that instant belief that that's truth, that they're right. Why do we question our heavenly father whenever he tells us something like, well, you know, maybe I think I know what I'm doing. It's like, no, whenever all I need is just a word. And if we can have that settled in our heart, then why would he not be concerned about the next thing? Why would he not be concerned about my children? Why would he not be concerned about the visas? Why would he not be concerned about the bank account? Why would he not be concerned about the school that our children would be going to? Why would he not be concerned about our friends and the children, our children's friends? And all of those things where I might try to figure it out in my brain, I would mess it all up. But in God and his perfect wisdom, if I just remain childlike and I just say yes to the next right thing, he'll take our okay, he'll take care of all of those yes. things for me. He's a father. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One time the Lord spoke to me, Luke, I was going through a difficult time health-wise and had just gotten a diagnosis of cancer. And I heard the Lord say to me, I will take care of you. Mm. 
And man, I was like, wow. It'd be one thing if somebody that was flat broke said, I'm going to take care yeah. of you. But when you've got the God of the yeah. universe looking at you saying, I'm going to take care of you. Mm. Wow. That's better than any millionaire, billionaire, whomever yeah. to have God taking care of us. So look, on the other side of the break here, yeah. we have one more segment that we're going to have together. I want to talk about this baptism in the Holy Spirit a little bit, but tell us if somebody's wanting to connect with your ministry website-wise, how do we do that? Yeah, so our ministry, our website is www.loberministries.org, and that's L-O-E-B-E-R and ministries.org. There's a French side and an English side, so if you speak French out there, si vous parlez français, il y a un côté français pour vous, donc voilà. And then if you speak English, um, there's the English side for you as well. So, so Luke Lober, L-O-E-B-E-R. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's correct. And yeah, we would love to be able to connect. And, you know, I really believe that there's people who had to flee Europe at one time in their life. I mean, that's kind of my actually generation, my DNA in my mom's side of the family. I actually did the DNA test and I'm about 77% French. Is that? Yeah, it's crazy. When I tell French people that, they love it. So it's a wonderful... So when you tell them it's in my DNA, you're not just smoking them. You're really no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm actually more French than a lot of French people. So. Isn't that something? Yeah. God. So yeah. generationally coming back to that nation where my family had to flee from, you know, generations ago, I really think that there's a lot of people in the States that have their hearts burn for Europe and places where they might have had to flee. Yeah, God is moving in Europe. I believe it's the biggest harvest field right now is Europe. Well, we're going to come back for one more segment of the Roadshow. We're going to talk about this baptism in the Holy Spirit that Luke's referring to and see a little bit about that. So stick around. I think you're going to enjoy this final segment. I'm David Warren, Program Director at Oasis Radio Network and one of the hosts of this podcast. All of our hosts enjoy hearing from you, our listening family, so drop us a note. Our email address is roadshow at oasisnetwork.org. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and you'll receive new episodes on your mobile devices. And now back to the show. Welcome back to this final segment of today's Roadshow. My name is Tom Arnold, and I have had in the studio with me today a gentleman by the name of Luke Lober. Luke Lober and his wife, Megan, live in northern France at the time of this Roadshow, and uh they're serving there. They learn the language. That's a big deal right there. Yeah, language is important to understand a culture, for sure. Yeah, I'm working on English. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah, a lot of people are. <laughs> English is actually a pretty difficult language. Yeah, it's the business language of the world. And a lot of expressions yeah. as well. So yeah. apple in my eye of my eye does not translate in many different places. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's a Bible phrase, you know. Yeah. It's from the Psalms. So Luke has lived there and he's learned the language and his website, as he mentioned earlier, tell me one more time that website, Luke. So our, our ministry website is www.loberministries.com and that's L-O-E-B-E-R ministries.com. So if you're a Victory Christian School alumni, this is one of your alumni out there representing you. Go what victory. are you guys, the Crusaders or what? Uh, conquerors. Conquerors. Almost close, almost got yeah, it. Yeah, okay, the Conquerors. Yeah, that's good, more than a Conqueror. That's right. So, Luke, I mean, you're talking about this baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute, Luke. Hold on, time out, bro. I've already been baptized. I got baptized when I was about eight years old. Is that what you're talking about, baptized in water? What are we talking about here? We're talking about baptism of fire. Fire. <laughs> fire. A little bit different now, than... Didn't... Didn't John the Baptist say something about that? Like he said something. You know what I'm doing, Oasis listeners. I'm kind of playing the stereotypical guy that has some questions here. So I know John the Baptist talked about the fire. Yeah. 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 Um, I would say that it's a vital part to the Christian walk is being baptized in the Holy Spirit and fire. So I'm going to play this role here that I have these honest questions. Okay. Love this it. is Tom the uh, skeptic. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to play this. Some people have a big hang-up on that tongue part. Well, do you think that, that language is important? I do think language is important. And I would say, you know, that every culture has its own language. Mm. And, you know, for me, you know, we've lived in a couple different nations, and living in Brazil, we had to learn Portuguese. Whenever we learned Portuguese, I feel like there was a way that I was able to understand the culture much better. You know, if you come to the United States and you don't speak English, you're going to miss out on the culture of an American. It's just pretty simple. You know, whenever we moved to France, one of the best ways to learn the culture was learn the language. 
what happened on Pentecost when God was establishing his kingdom again on the earth through the church was the first thing he gave them was a language because he was establishing a new culture on the earth. I think it's just, you know, beyond the point of just, you know, do we pray in tongues? Do we not pray in tongues? Or I think it's speaking the language of heaven is understanding the culture of heaven. And whenever you speak that language, that heavenly language, there's things that will be unlocked in your heart and in your life to understand the mysteries of the kingdom, which we talk, it talks about in the Bible that when we pray in tongues, that we're praying out mysteries to God. And I don't think it's things that are just withheld for, uh, from us to not be understood, but there's things for us to understand at a specific time. One of the greatest ways to, to truly understand the kingdom of God is to speak its language. And so that's kind of what I would say, maybe a little bit connected to the necessity of, of language and, and speaking in other tongues and why it's important for, for every believer to, to speak in other tongues and speak in this heavenly language. So every kingdom has a language. Every kingdom has a language. Yeah. Every single kingdom has a language. Yeah. And this is a prayer language. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a prayer language, meaning when you're speaking like this, you're talking to God. Yeah. Perfectly. Perfectly talking to God. I mean, if I could perfectly communicate in French, I know I can speak in French, but I still make mistakes. And, you know, even in English, I mean, the grammatical perfection way of speaking English, it's really rare that Americans, you know, do that. But if I knew that I could talk to the God of the universe who created all things, who has been here before time, who doesn't even know time, who doesn't live in time, is not limited by any of my limits. If I knew that I could speak to him perfectly, why would I not want to do that? And he's given us this language to be able to communicate to him in a perfect way that edifies ourself, that builds ourself, that strengthens ourself, is assigned to unbelievers and will keep us in the love of God and we can pray out mysteries. And, you know, Paul even tells the Corinthian church that he thinks his God, that he thinks God, that he prays in tongues more than all of them. And for me, I read that as like a challenge, like, all right, Paul, let's go. <laughs> you know, you think you did that? Well, let's let's do this. And I feel like it's the doorstep into the supernatural. And that's what we're called to live. I mean, we have a supernatural God. We're supernatural beings. Why would we expect, you know, anything less? And I think that that this gift and this ability, this prayer language to be able to communicate to our Heavenly Father in a perfect way is what can just unlock all of heaven for us and in our hearts and in our lives. Okay, I'm, I'm tracking you on that. So question, I'm just giving these Oasis listeners, I'm giving these kind of the stereotypical responses that I know many times people have. Yeah. So, Reverend Lober. Yes, sir. That's when you get religious. Oh, right? yeah. Reverend Lober. <laughs> um, now, is this for everybody or is this just for a few people? You know, I mean, is this everybody going to do this or is this maybe I'm one of those that uh, this isn't for me, Reverend Lober? Oof. What I would say, it's pretty evident in the Bible that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is for everybody. I mean, whenever Jesus was talking to the crowd about receiving the promise, it wasn't just for one people group. It wasn't just for one generation, but even the prophet Joel talks about how this is for every generation. And, you know, whenever Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues, it said, this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and that this is the Holy Spirit is pouring himself out on everybody. God is not withholding himself from people and only giving himself to some people. The Father's heart is he wants to always be able to give himself fully to his children. The Holy Spirit and his gifts and living in this lifestyle of the Spirit, it's not just for the prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, you know, teacher. It's not just for the fivefold ministry. It's for every son and daughter of God. The most important title that we will ever have on this earth is son and daughter. And if you're a son and daughter, that means you're a co-heir. And if you're a co-heir, then everything that Jesus had and was available to him is available to us. And Jesus, if he needed to be baptized and have the anointing of the Holy Spirit, how much more do you and me need to be baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit? So I would say that the example of Jesus, the New Testament church, and what we see the pattern through the New Testament church and the early church is the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence and accompanying evidence of speaking other tongues. I believe it's it's vital to our Christian walk to not just be survivors or people who are escapists, but we're conquerors and we're more than conquerors in this life. And we're not fighting from, you know, for victory. We're fighting from victory, that place of victory of where we're seated right now in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus, at the right hand of the Father. That's not a place of weakness. That's not a place of defeat. That's not a place of sadness. That's not a place of, you know, defeat. That's a place of total authority. 
And if we're convinced of where we're actually seated, you know, some of you might be in your car right now driving, some of you might be in your kitchen, you know, naturally that's where you are. But spiritually, you could close your eyes and you could, if the, the greatest revelation I think that you could have in that moment is that you're in Jesus. Yeah. You are in Christ Jesus. So let's just say one of those people driving down the road right now, somebody that's in their cubicle at work, listening online, this is all new to them yeah. and they have some questions. So, I mean, Luke, what would you recommend they do? Like if they're in that place, I mean, what would yeah. be the first step to yeah. being baptized in the Holy Spirit? The first time they've never released that prayer language and spoken out and yeah. anything other than the mother tongue, you know, <laughs> what would you say to them? Yeah, I would just encourage you, you know, it's, it's very simple. I think sometimes we overcomplicate things. And I just love the simplicity of the scriptures. Of course, there's a depth and richness to the scriptures, but in its pure, simple form, you know, whenever the the disciples and whenever, you know, Paul prayed for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it was pretty simple. He just laid his hands on him, on them, and they just spoke in other tongues. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've even seen people where, you know, we've not laid hands on them, but simply by their own faith, they believed it. They said, okay, this is for me. I know it's for me. So I know that as I speak... I'm going to begin to speak in other tongues. I believe that, you know, if you're at a place right now and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, well, I encourage you that it talks about in the Bible about how men and fathers, they want to give good gifts to their children. And then Jesus says, how much more does the Father want to give the Holy Spirit to them who asks? And all you have to do is ask, and then you speak. You know, the Holy Spirit, He's not going to grab your tongue, but if you open up your mouth and you speak, He'll furnish the supernatural language as you begin to speak in other tongues. And it's not going to be something that you understand. You know, initially it might just be a couple syllables, just kind of like, you know, children, whenever they learn to talk, it's something simple. But as you grow, and I would encourage you after that, as you begin to speak, just continue to speak, you know, do it until you feel uncomfortable and you feel awkward. That, I think that's perfect. Yeah. And then I would say, find a good local community of people, you know, the of, of a good church that encourages and practices this in their church and in their local body so that you're not isolated and so that you don't fall victim to the attacks of the enemy. Because if the enemy can keep you isolated, then, you know, you'll be prey for predators to come and attack you. And so, I think it's always to be connected with people. Uh, the body of Christ is one of the most powerful entities on the face of the earth. And so, if you can connect yourself with a good, strong local church and with other believers who are like-minded in their faith and who, who speak in other tongues, um, that will just encourage you even more in your walk to be able to, to pray in other tongues. And then you'll be learn this whole other world of the gifts of the Spirit and, you know, the fruit of the Spirit and, you know, the way that the Holy Spirit, what He looks like and how He manifests Himself through these gifts and through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And, and then you'll learn even more this lifestyle of, you know, the stuff that Jesus did, I think I can do some of that too. Mm-hmm. Praying for the sick and seeing people recover and laying hands and, and, you know, seeing, you know, the the blind eyes opening. I mean, I've seen all of those things. If somebody tried to tell me about these things, they got me way too late. Yeah. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen cancer healed. I've seen, you know, people who have been paralyzed get up out of their wheelchair and walk. I've seen MS healed. I've seen diseases, incurable things totally taken away by the power and presence of God. But I was not convinced of any of that until my heart was transformed by the power and fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing I would say about the baptism in the Holy Spirit, Brother Hagin used to make this statement, you'll have a desire to speak words that aren't English. In other mm. words, if your mother tongue is English. So it's not as though it just takes over and you know you have no control, but it they spoke as yeah. the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Spirit will give you those words, yeah. but you'll have a desire to speak words that are not English. Mm. And then the Scripture says about, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. Mm. And so it's like... Coming from deep, 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 deep down yeah. in your spirit is just the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I say this to the listeners. I have personally benefited so much uh, from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And when I hear Luke talking, I think the thing that has re- sustained this remnant group yep. in a very secular society, the thing that has sustained them is this outpouring. You want to address yeah. that? Yeah. I mean, I would absolutely be totally convinced that if I were talked with most of these people, the things that sustain them is praying in the Spirit. And very strongly in the charismatic Catholic world is singing in the Spirit. Yeah, I think it's a beautiful mark of, of what God is doing as well. And Paul even talks about that, where he says, you know, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in the intelligence. I will sing in the Spirit 
and I will sing, you know, in the intelligence. And so he kind of gives us, first off, our will is involved with it. So if I don't will it, then I won't do it. And so he says, you know, you have the choice if you want to sing in the spirit. You have the choice. You have the choice if you want to sing uh, or if you want to pray in tongues. You have the choice if you want to pray with your intelligence. Uh, you have the the choice if you want to, you know, sing beautiful hymnals and songs, you know, worship songs that are out right now. But the fact that I could pray something, if the Holy Spirit says, you know, Luke, I want you to, you know, pray in the Holy Spirit. I could be praying for somebody else on the other side of the world to help them in an impossible situation. And I could never even know it on this side of the earth, but maybe one day in heaven, there might somebody come up to me and say, hey, you didn't know it, but whenever you were praying in the spirit, you were actually helping, you know, me do these things. And, you know, when we have this opportunity, this supernatural language to be able to pray for governments and kings and kingdoms and nations and and all of these things that we would never be able to in our own intelligence. And so it's such a... I know that a lot of the things that are happening in France is because of a remnant of people who did not stop praying, but they prayed in the Spirit. That's awesome. This is the fruit of their prayers. Luke, thank you for coming by. Thank you. It, this was a true privilege, so thank you. I really, really appreciate it, Tom. Thank Luke you. Lober, L-O-E-B-E-R, Lober Ministries, dot yes, com? Dot org. Dot org. Dot org. So, on behalf of the Oasis Network, my name is Tom Arnold, and this is our special guest, Luke Lober. I want to say thank you to all of our sponsors, all of our Watchman partners for making today's program possible. I'd like to send you off with the words of Jesus. Jesus said this in John 7, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. And whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Join us next time for another great roadshow. You've been listening to The Roadshow. If you'd like to write to us, here's our address. The Roadshow, P.O. Box 1924, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74101. Our email address is roadshow at oasisnetwork.org. The views of today's guest aren't necessarily those of this station, but we do appreciate and thank our guest for spending this time with us. The Roadshow, an Oasis Network presentation.